What's up, everybody? How you doing? Welcome back. It is time for another episode of the Politics and Punk Rock Podcast. I am Andrew for America. And the whole world is talking about Kyle Rittenhouse being found not guilty, innocent of all charges. And I'm trying to understand some of what I have been hearing from a lot of people that I have been uh, seeing what they've been posting on the social media. And I don't understand how some people can equate this with racism and, um, you know, the, the police's favoritism of white people, I guess. People want to act like, oh, this kid was allowed to walk around with a gun and no police officers threatened him. Uh, and if it was a legal, legally owned firearm, guess what? You can walk around in the streets holding a legally owned firearm in the United States of America. I'm sorry. It's legal. It doesn't matter why you're doing it. You can do it. Still, I mean, that might go away at some point, but... So, regardless of your thoughts and feelings on the outcome of this verdict, facts are facts, people. And if you wanted to make an example out of this kid just to... Do you think that this is going to make any progress towards getting the police departments... uh, that are inherently racist, allegedly. I mean, I'm sure some of them are. Definitely a lot of police officers that have racial, racist tendencies. That's pretty much a proven fact at this point. And, you know, the the police unions and the, you know, it's a little club of its own and they protect their own, regardless of what they do to other people, especially African-American people. There's been a very long history of it in the United States. I understand. I get it. I get it. But to equate, you know, the vengeance that some of you people wanted to see happen to this kid with, you know, to to think that it's going to make any difference in, you know, changing the police departments of this country... I just don't understand. I don't understand how people can be like, oh, we wanted to sacrifice this white kid for defending himself. Because by doing so, we are sending a message that it's not okay that uh, the police departments are killing African Americans. Some of them aren't getting trials. Uh, They're just getting killed, right? And But the, here's this white kid that's walking around trying to police his neighborhood or help protect his neighborhood or whatever his intentions were. I don't know. Somebody was telling me that he was waving um, white supremacist hand signs or something. I don't know if that's true. I might have to look into that. I don't know if this kid is a white supremacist. I feel like, you know, I, I don't have a frame of reference to speak on that because I haven't seen it. I haven't seen anybody talk about that. I haven't, you know... I guess you have to kind of research the guy to be able to find out what his beliefs are, okay? But all the media all the media narratives were bullshit, okay? We've been over that. So to continue to demonize this kid like he's a white racist, Trump 
uh, radicalized, uh, blah, 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 is ridiculous. And I'm, it, it's just, it just further speaks to how easily manipulated and brainwashed some of you fucking moron Americans are and can be. It's like you don't even, you don't even want to accept the reality of the situation that you're seeing with your own eyes. Like it, it's, we're we're being brainwashed, people. People can't even come to sensible conclusions anymore. I want to read some of this stuff to you that I uh, I follow this page on Instagram called So Informed, and. Take a listen to this. This is entitled, What to Say When Someone Says the Following. What to Say When Someone Says the Kyle Rittenhouse Case Has Nothing to Do with White Supremacy. The People He Killed Were White. Okay? So, I'm one of those people. That's what I said. It doesn't have anything to do with white supremacy because he was, it, there was, it was a white guy killing other white guy in self-defense. Who was being, he was being attacked. That's the facts. It doesn't matter why he was there. It doesn't matter what his thoughts and beliefs are in this world. You can't be tried in a court of law for your beliefs. We live in a free country. People can believe whatever you want. And I hate to say it, but if people want to be racist, that's, they're legally allowed to do that. What they're not legally allowed to do is act out violence perpetrate violence on the racial group that they're racist against, okay? That should be common sense. I don't understand how that's not common sense, okay? So listen to this. This is what they say. Uh, the Kyle Rittenhouse case has nothing to do with white supremacy and the people he killed were white. Here's what you're supposed to say. White, pe- white supremacy is what brought him out to the streets of Kenosha that night. That's the first sentence. That these people are trying to ego talk and and rationalize these bullshit media narratives. Okay, people are still defending this shit. They're still defending lies. And it makes me sick to my fucking stomach. White supremacy is what brought him out to the streets of Kenosha that night. That's a lie. That's a lie. That's not why he went out to the streets of Kenosha that night. Okay? White supremacy is him not getting shot or even apprehended by police after he shot three people who were protesting against white supremacy. (laughs) That's a fucking joke. It's not white supremacy for him to not get shot and apprehended by the police. He had a legally owned firearm. There was protests and violence and vandalism going on all over the city. And I don't know if the police were there or not. I mean, I'm not defending the police by any means. I know that the police departments have done racist shit in the past. We, I mean, we've seen, you know, the Arbery, the uh, Breonna Taylor, the all of it. All of the uh, African-Americans that have been killed at the hands of the police departments uh, in recent history that, you know, is fresh in a lot of our minds. Like, I don't understand why nobody wants to pay attention to the full story. You know what I mean? Like, they just want to say, oh, white kid gets to do whatever he wants and black people get shot. Well, but there's more to the story than that. 
you, you can't just stop there and go, oh, that's what I believe, and that's what the media is saying, and so that's what I believe, without looking at the facts and evidence. The story is much, much deeper in every single one of those cases. And some of them were justified and some of them were not. Now, I'm not saying, and I want to be very clear about this, I am not saying that there is no uh, racism in the police departments. That's not true. I know for a fact that's not true. There are definitely racist cops out there. And I've actually heard... Uh, some interviews with cops saying that, you know, there is this mentality in the force where, you know, if you're up against people in the inner cities and and the uh, criminals and the violence and the gang members and all the stuff that they have to go fight against, I guess, for lack of a better word, every night of their career, you're probably going to develop some prejudice and maybe some racist tendencies over time. I don't know. I'm just I'm just spitballing here. I'm trying to understand. I'm trying to understand why people are still so married to these bullshit lies and media propaganda without even taking five seconds out of their day to look at the facts and evidence. I don't understand why. This little thing continues. So yeah, white supremacy is him not getting shot or even apprehended by police after he shot three people who were protesting against white supremacy. I don't know if that's true. You really think a pedophile and uh, a former criminal is out in the streets protesting white supremacy? I highly doubt it. If I had to guess, those guys were either trying to start some shit or they were paid off by, you know, whoever, you know, whatever group were, were you know, paying these people off to go inside violence you know, agent provocateurs killing two of them on the street in front of the police, okay? Apparently, he killed these guys in front of the police. I don't know that the police were there. I didn't see the whole video. If the police were there, it would be interesting to ask those police officers, you know, why they didn't attack him and why they didn't shoot him. That might be something that we can explore, right? Maybe the cops were racist and maybe they saw a white kid shooting two other white people and they didn't think to shoot him for whatever reason because, I don't know, maybe he wasn't pointing the gun at them. I mean, we can all speculate about why and all that stuff, but that's not what we're talking about here. What we're talking about is what actually happened and what the court found in this case. The court found that this kid was acting in self-defense and they're not going to put him in jail for doing what any one of us would do if we were in that situation. If you want to complain and bitch and cry about why no cop shot Kyle Rittenhouse after they may or may not have witnessed him shooting two other people in self-defense, what if the cops were watching the entire thing and seeing it and they saw that it was self-defense? You know, and I'm not I don't want to make excuses. You know, and I don't I don't know all the sp- uh, specific details for the Ahmad Arbery case or the Brianna Taylor or all those cases that are, are fresh in our minds like I said. I don't want to make excuses cuz I don't know. I I I can't say definitively that 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 the police shooting those African American people was justified. I can't make that claim. I don't know. All I know is that in this specific case, 
it is a clear-cut case of self-defense. Clear-cut. It was a unanimous jury decision. And I know that it's difficult to have faith in our judicial, judicial system. And actually, Dave Smith had a great point where he, he actually agreed with uh, some of the progressive left-wing narratives where he said, you know, just because I think that justice was served in this case doesn't mean that I have complete uh, faith in our judicial system because they have, they have put many, many people in prison that were, after the fact, found to be innocent. There have definitely been a lot of African-Americans... I mean, I feel like I hear stories about it all the time, about some African-American man, maybe woman, that was put in jail for uh, and convicted of a crime they didn't commit, and finally their sentence was commuted after they had already served like 20, 30 years. That is the most horrible, terrible type of story I think I've ever heard in my life. I mean, can you imagine having so much of your life taken away for a crime you didn't commit? I, I don't know what kind of level of rage that would build in me, I would probably kill everybody in sight if I was in that position. I can't even imagine, and I I don't even, I can't even begin to process and understand what that must be like. It's fucked up. There are definitely racist cops. The system is definitely racist in some ways, shapes, and forms, for sure. Okay, I understand. The point I'm trying to make is that people, we have to separate fantasy from reality. Okay, you can't just one size fits all cookie cutter, have a take on each and every one of these situations without exploring the individual cases, the individual uh, situations, facts and evidence before drawing uh, a conclusion. You can't reduce it down to Every single situation is exactly the same. It's not logical. It's not reasonable. It's not rational. It's immature. It's based on... It, it's it's emotional thinking. It's I want blood because a wrong was done to, you know, person X. And we're human. We're all going to have those emotions. We're all going to have those feelings. And I don't want to say that we all need to have faith in the justice system just because justice was served in this case. Because I know that that's not true in every court case. But to say that white, to make the claim that white supremacy is what, quote, brought Kyle Rittenhouse out to the streets of Kenosha that night, unquote, is a shortcut to thinking it's based on a lie. It's bullshit. That is bullshit. A court of law found it to be bullshit. So how can you continue to act like that's the truth? And I don't know, maybe we need to maybe we need to have an interview with uh, Kyle Rittenhouse and ask him, "Hey Kyle, are you a white supremacist? Did you go out on the streets of Kenosha that night because you were trying to attack people that were African American?" Because that's not what happened. He wasn't attacking any black people. So I don't know how that argument can still hold any weight. It's ridiculous. Anyway, this thing goes on to say, White supremacy is the media treating him as a misguided young man. White supremacy is the fact that he was lauded as a hero and offered internships by elected officials before his trial was even over. 
White supremacy is never having to face consequences for his actions. I'm pretty sure he faced consequences for his actions. He, he was on trial for his life. That's not a consequence for your actions? He was given a fair trial. And I know, it's easy to say, well, there's African-American people that have been shot and killed by the police, and they weren't given a fair trial. And if they did do something that you know would require them to go have their day in court, and then they went and had their day in court, and then they were found guilty on some bullshit, that I can understand is cause for some outrage. And that I can understand if there's a repeated history of that kind of stuff happening, of African-American people not getting a fair trial, and being convicted based on you know, conjecture or fabricated facts or whatever, you know, that's the only part that I can see there being some validity to, and then I would agree with that. I would agree with that. But just because certain things have happened in the past doesn't mean that you can just take that example and base it on every single situation that is similar to this forever. You know, we... You're not going to change racist people's minds. You're you're not going to. If somebody believes that their racial group is superior to another racial group, what are you going to do? Are you going to force them to not believe that? Are you going to are you going to put them under, uh, you know, uh, electro shock, and uh, you know, zap it out of them? No, people are going to think and believe what they want to believe. And this is a free country, people. It's supposed to be anyway. Maybe some of you don't believe that. Maybe some of you think that the entire system is just set up to keep the African Americans down. And yes, that 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 yes, that is true. That was true in the past that there is definitely prejudice and discrimination and segregation and racism and unfair court trials and fabricated lies that have put people away for long periods of time. I understand. I understand. You know, maybe there is a certain level of quote-unquote white privilege in that respect. White supremacy built the system in this country that protects and benefits white men like Kyle Rittenhouse. And that's the end of that little blurb part there. Um, oof, man. This is heavy stuff, people. As much as I disagree with a lot of that, I, I can see. I can see how, you know, I can see how African American people do not feel like they are getting a fair shake in this country. I can, I can see it. There are racist people in this country. And we have to work together to change that. Change these institutions. Change these systems of control that you know, are doing this intentionally in some respects. I just find it very, very difficult to believe that just because the media lies to you about something and you believe it, that doesn't mean that you get to continue to say... You know, I mean, you're not you're not doing yourself a favor by saying, you know what, I, I still believe what I believe. I'm just gonna believe what I believe, and I choose to believe that. And I guess you can believe that it's a fair country. It's a free country, not a fair country. 
It's a free country. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I'm so torn on this issue. It's so horrible and terrible. And I can see it from both sides. You know, I don't think Kyle Rittenhouse was a hero by any means. Maybe it is questionable what he was doing out in those streets. Okay, maybe, I don't know, maybe he has white supremacist tendencies. Who knows? I don't know. I don't know the guy. All I know is what the court found. And it's sad. I feel like the story is just unbelievably sad. I feel like it's, you know, I, 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 I empathize with African-American people who feel that they are not getting a fair shake and equal treatment in this country. And, you know, that we're, we're supposed to have equal opportunity, but uh, there's definitely not equality of outcomes. And in court cases, there probably should be uh, similar sentences, similar sentencing for similar situations. It's clearly not fair if, you know, if a black guy and a white guy are on trial for the exact same crime and the white person gets a lesser sentence than the black person, that's fucked up. I can see that aspect of it. And like I said, there's been history of that in this country before. So that's, it's fucked up. It's fucked up. Um, so anyway, this thing goes on to say, uh, the insurrection on January 6th was no worse than the Black Lives Matter protest during summer of 2020. And uh, I don't know how you can even equate the two. The insurrection was a bunch of people literally being walked by police into the Capitol building. And the Black Lives Matter protest resulted in millions upon millions upon millions of dollars in damage and destruction to the communities that the protester, the people that were protesting lived in. So, I mean, wow. But this, they're gonna, this is what they're going to try to say to defend that claim. The protest during summer 2020 occurred in direct response to the continued murder of black Americans at the hands of U.S. police. Okay, that's fine. But there's a difference between the word protest and riot. A protest is supposed to be nonviolent. A riot is violent. You discredit your entire cause if you involve violence into the mix. And you can make the argument that, you know, they're Asian provocateurs that were paid to go out there and incite violence in order to discredit um, the, the cause and the ambitions and the point of the BLM protests. But if you look at the founders of BLM... You know, Patrice Cullors buying the ranch out in uh, uh, L.A. County uh, on the beach. They they got they took a lot of money and they ran away. So the founders of your precious BLM flat out said that they were trained Marxists and they were trying to incite a new Marxist revolution. So, <laughs> you know, there's more to these stories than meets the eye. There's more to these stories than what your media is telling you. And you can't just go out there and start making assumptions and claims and trying to get other people to believe it when you don't have all the facts and information. That's what I'm trying to get at. That's the point I'm trying to make, okay? So listen to this. The protest during summer 2020... Okay, I just said that. Whoops. The insurrection occurred because 
then President Trump could not face the fact that he lost the election, so he rallied his devout fans and urged them to storm the Capitol, which they did. This resulted in five deaths. The only comparison between these two events is that a large amount of people came together in common cause. Outside of that, the causes could not be more stark. The insurrection was based on a lie, and the BLM protests were based on the long, ugly truth of racism and policing in this country. Ugh, man. Well, I agree with the insurrection was based on a lie. I think that the severity of it was a lie. The insurrection was nowhere near as bad and caused nowhere near as much da- as much damage as and loss of life as well as the BLM protests that occurred. Um, I mean, maybe I'll, I need some facts and evidence to back up that claim. But, boy, I live in Minneapolis. I saw the damage firsthand. So, regardless of what... The, the pictures and the images of destruction that you saw in your mainstream media news networks, you know, I, I didn't need to see it on TV. I saw it with my own eyes. I saw it happen in this city that I live in. I drive around this city and I still see the damage and the boarded up windows. I still see the gas stations and the houses that were burned to the ground. The remnants of the destruction are still here. It's still visible. So you can't tell me that it didn't happen. Okay, that's bullshit. I refuse to believe that the damage done by the BLM protests didn't happen. I saw it with my own eyes. And then I love this. Vaccine mandates are the equivalent of tyranny and Biden is a dictator. And then they say to refute this, the definition of tyranny is a nation under cruel and oppressive government. And oppression occurs when one person exercises authority or power in an unfair, abusive, cruel, or needlessly controlling way. Vaccine, vaccine mandates are in place to keep people safe and healthy. Actual dictators throughout history like Mussolini, Hitler, and Stalin were up to much more nefarious acts of tyranny than wanting their country to be vaccinated in order to prevent more preventable deaths. It is your choice not to get vaccinated. No one is forcing a needle in your arm. In a tyrannical state, though, they probably would. That's bullshit. We already have seen vaccine mandates happen. It's already happened. So this is my point, is that when you're trying to refute an argument from your other party or your other team, you know, your your opponent, allegedly, you can't refute it with equally ridiculous and untrue supporting claims. It's not a supporting claim if it's not based in reality and if it's not based in fa- on facts and evidence. So how can you say that? How can you say that no one's forcing you to get a needle in your arm? Bullshit. Yes, they are. And you don't think the lockdowns weren't tyrannical? You don't think the lockdowns were cruel and oppressive? Ugh. I don't know if I can follow this so informed page anymore. I'm not informed. This isn't informing me of anything. They make a few good points and then they make a few terrible ones. Ugh. And then there's this one. I don't want my child learning critical race theory in school. And then they say, good news. 
If your child is in K-12, they are not learning critical race theory unless they are enrolled in college courses after school, which is impressive. Wow. CRT has become a blanket term used to describe students learning about racism or the history of racism in the United States. So while your child's teacher could have elected to study CRT while they were in college and are now exercising what they learned from that framework in educating students about the history and impact of racism in this country, your child is certainly not learning critical race theory. They're just learning history. Uh... I don't know if I believe that either because you heard uh, the ladies on The View from the last episode saying, you know, that that one lady gave you those examples of, oh, we're, we're, we're basically segregating based on race in the schools now. They're asked to separate themselves uh, according to this, that, and the other thing. They're making white kids feel bad for what their ancestors did. It's just unbelievable. It's unbelievable the narratives and the fantasy that people can make up all based on their ego. Just because you want something to be so doesn't make it so. Just because you want something to be true doesn't make it true. Just because you want people to believe the way that you believe doesn't mean that you're right. Let's agree that some people worked hard to get to where they are. Uh, um, no, hold on. Yeah, this, okay, sorry. I'm moving on. I'm moving on. We should not tax the rich. Those people worked hard for what they have. Okay, that's the argument. Here's their refutation. It's important to know that when people say tax the rich, they are not referring to people who are making six figures annually. We're talking about the 1% of the 1%. Those who are worth hundreds of millions of dollars and more. Let's agree that some people worked hard to get to where they are. However, hard work is not what gets you to becoming a billionaire. I agree with this. There are other factors that contribute to becoming the wealthiest people on earth. Social scientists have studied the hard work theory and found that success in the business world must typically, most typically comes to those with access to financial capital via family money or inheritance or a pedigree and connections. That is true. The 1% of the 1% definitely got loans from their family. And they're, they're definitely started from a different spot than other people. And you can make the argument that, but not everybody could achieve what a Jeff Bezos or a Bill Gates or, you know, any of these guys that are the movers and shakers and the, you know, innovators allegedly, you can make the argument that those people didn't get there by just being smart and working hard. They had a lot of financial capital to draw from as well that helped them, you know, have a big head start over the rest of us. Um, and then there's this one. You can't criticize Joe Biden if you were instrumental in getting him into the White House. <laughs> I would argue that criticism of our elected officials, officials is at its strongest and most relevant when it is coming from someone who voted for the person they're criticizing. Think of it like this. Voters have hired a president to do a job. We should criticize any elected official for not doing the job we hired them to do, particularly when they promised that they would be doing the job a certain way. 
Elected officials work for the people, and we are not only meant to hold them accountable, but we should actively be doing so. I, I love that. I agree with that. That's what the one thing here that I agree with. So maybe my biggest problem with this is the white supremacy conversation. And you know, this is the the term white supremacy is a term that means different things to different people. So that's why it's very important to define it, okay? So like for example, I am not a white supremacist because I do not believe that white people are better than any other racial group or any any people from another cultural background, okay? In that context, I would not call myself a white supremacist, okay? Now, when you use the term white supremacy under the definition that we live in a country that has historically favored white people over people from other racial groups, there is truth to that. There is a a sense of white supremacy in this country. And the reason why is because, you know, you can make the argument that this country was founded by white Europeans, Right? I mean, I know that there were other people. Native Americans were here first. I know that there were um, other cultures that had probably sailed here and landed here in the past before the white Europeans arrived. But the fact of the matter is that white Europeans took over. They committed genocide against the uh, Native Americans and the Mexican people. You know, manifest destiny. We we expanded westward. We bought up all the land or, or we killed people and took it. And that's just the reality of the history. White people took over this country. Like it or not, that's just what happened. So it's easy to say that white supremacy is a thing in a country where white people uh, created, or you know, this country that we have now was created by white European people. And if you go to China, you know, you, I mean, you, you can put the shoe on the other foot. There's Chinese supremacy in China. I bet. If you're not a Chinese person and you live in China, you probably feel the same way as people that are non-white who live in the United States. You you can, you know, if you flip that that argument, and it's the same anywhere else. If you're a white person living in Iraq or Saudi Arabia, you know, There's going to be Saudi Arabian supremacy. There's going to be Iraqi supremacy. It's just, that's just logical, rational thought. So when we define these terms, we need to be very careful about what we're saying. Because you can't just one size fits all blanket statement this stuff. All right. people welcome back to segment two of the show and i'm actually recording this segment of the show a few days after the segment that i just uh you know just got done you just got done listening to segment one of the show today i recorded that a couple days ago and uh, today the ahmad arbery uh case uh came to a close and all three of the defendants were found guilty on multiple felony uh, murder, malice murder charges. And I shared 
the news report on the Politics and Punk Rock podcast Facebook page, and my comment was, turns out the justice system in this country has been doing its job quite well as of late. Hashtag justice, which is the uh, name of this episode, episode 70. Uh, I think justice was served in the Kyle Rittenhouse case. I think justice was served in the Ahmad Arbery case. And, <clears throat> excuse me, we need to thank the gods that despite the failures of our justice system in the past that I just got done talking about, uh, people are starting to get it right. And part of the reason why is because there's a lot more video scrutiny. There's a, not, a, a lot more trying cases in a court of public opinion. I've been over that before. And it is becoming increasingly necessary to, pro to protect the juries, to uh, make sure that uh, the jury is not influenced by any outside forces, media manipulation, media narratives, etc., and I personally believe that the reason why that is increasingly more important today than it has ever been in this country is because the media fucking lies. <laughs> I think I've been doing a pretty good job of illustrating that to you. It's become a very consistent theme of mine here on the Politics and Punk Rock podcast. And I went looking uh, for the Kyle Rittenhouse picture that I keep hearing about, this picture of him in a bar, and I found it. I saw the picture that someone took of him in a bar. He's got his hat on backward. He's got a free-as-fuck t-shirt on, and he's putting up that uh, that okay sign, that uh, allegedly white supremacist hand sign. Um, so, pfft, I suppose, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you can make the case that the kid does have some type of white supremacist uh, ideas and tendencies within him. Um, you know, unless my eyes are deceiving me and someone doctored the photo, which I highly doubt. You know, and what's really interesting to me about that is that not so long ago, um... Kyle Rittenhouse, just after the trial, I think he did an interview on Tucker Carlson, and he was quoted in this, yeah, it was his first interview since the trial, and uh, Kyle Rittenhouse said this of the prosecutors, uh, if they did this to me, imagine what they could, could have done to a person of color who doesn't maybe have the resources I do, or if it's not widely publicized like my case was. Uh, wow. I mean, he has a point there. And I think in this interview, he also said something to the effect of, uh, I'm a supporter of Black Lives Matter. And, I mean, wow. Complex guy. Taking pictures. You know, maybe the okay sign in the picture he took with the free as fuck t-shirt on was a bad move. <laughs> maybe he didn't even intend it that way. You know, some people like to throw up the peace signs and some people just awkwardly throw up some type of a hand sign when they take a picture. I'm not defending it. I'm not saying that he's that that's not what he's doing. I'm just saying, you know, there's you can speculate about that for you know days. But I found it quite interesting that Tucker Carlson he said about his prosecutors like, dude, if they can do this to me, 
what, you know, what, what, are, what are they doing to African-American people? What are they doing to people that don't have the resources? What are they doing to people that don't have the high-profile status? So, you know, I applaud Kyle Rittenhouse for saying that. That's He's being pretty fucking honest as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> you know? So that recently happened. And then today, the Ahmad Arbery case, justice was served in that case too. These guys literally hunted and killed this guy with a shotgun. He was jogging by. Guys told him to stop. They wanted to talk to him. He didn't stop. Dude pulls out a shotgun, shoots him. He gets up, isn't dead, and then he finally drops dead. I don't know if they shot him again. I just kind of got the gist of it that these guys pretty much hunted him down and shot him. Killed him. All of them are going to jail, probably for the rest of their lives. And good. Good riddance to bad rubbish. And so, I don't know. I'm torn on the Kyle Rittenhouse thing as far as, you know, what are, what were his intentions? Being out in the streets that night. Was he defending his community? Is, it, is he a good Samaritan? Is he trying to be a decent guy? He wants to be a firefighter. and a, He wants to be an EMT. He wants to be some, a person in the community, seemingly, that is going to go out and help his fellow community members. And I respect that. I think each and every one of us, of us should strive to be just like that. All of us should find the courage in our hearts to want to go out and help our neighbor, love our neighbor as ourself. All of us should want to go out into our community and lend a, a helping hand and fight, you know, the violent and the evildoers in our city streets, etc. Right? It, it's a romantic... Uh, you know, I mean, God, every superhero movie and TV show cartoon you've ever seen, that's the, that's the moral tale, right? That's the theme. We want to fight for justice and we want to fight for... Uh, freedom, and, you know, I was a big fan of G.I. Joe and, and the Super Friends and the Hall of Justice, right, when I was a kid, you know, the Gen X or Xennial generation that I am from, you know, the, the death of the hair metal scene and the birth of grunge and Nirvana, you know, that was my era, that was my high school years, um, so anyway, a lot of speculation about Rittenhouse, Maybe he was lying on the interview. Maybe he's trying to paint himself to be, you know, he's probably got a good PR team now. Um, I saw him taking pictures with Trump, so clearly uh, he's probably a fan of Trump. But the facts remain, people. He wasn't out there shooting black people. He was attacked by white people that were probably paid off to start some shit. And they fucked around and found out. <laughs> Fuck around and find out. I mean, I'll tell you what, man, I don't care what kind of moral argument some of these new, uh, these uh, mainstream media talking heads are saying, oh, well, uh, it's not self-defense. If you have a, a firearm and someone comes after you with a skateboard, it's, uh, it's not equal weaponry or whatever. I can't remember who I heard say that, but someone tried to float that, that argument. And I was like, this is a fucking joke. Here, I'm just going to tell you right now. You come after me with a skateboard uh, running towards me quickly. Uh, holding the, the skateboard back as if to be preparing to swing it at my head, you're getting fucking shot. <laughs> then that's all there is to it. And to think that that is not a rational thing, a moral thing, a legal thing that you should be allowed to do in a free country, 
The best defense uh, against tyranny is a well-armed populace. They get our guns, people. I'm telling you, boy, I am telling you, we are super fucked. We, that will be the day that this new world order, world government plan gets put even to more fast-forward overdrive, speeding towards the brave new Orwellian police state totalitarian world socialist communist dictatorship that I've been talking about on this podcast since episode one. So I don't care what side of the aisle you identify with. If you think that getting rid of the Second Amendment is in your own personal best interests, I'm here to tell you, you are a fucking moron, imbecile, buffoon, naive, gullible, American idiot. So anyway, let's move on. Uh, I wanted to, I actually did something that I was curious about the coverage of the Ahmed Arbery case because I just so happened to be at home today when I saw the breaking news on, uh, I think it was HLN uh, TV station was on, HLN News uh, was on, and they had the breaking news that the verdict was in, and they read the verdict, and they found all three gentlemen involved guilty on numerous charges. Uh, ranging from malicious murder to felony murder one to aggravated assault, etc. And so then I flipped to CNN because I was like, hmm, I wonder if CNN's covering the same thing right now. And I kind of did this thing where I'm going to flip through all the major news networks right now and see how they're covering this verdict. Uh, And, you know, in my head, I was just going to, because that's the kind of nerdy dork I am, I was going to compare it to the coverage of what I've seen with Kyle Rittenhouse and what I've seen with other high-profile cases in the past, right? So uh, I discovered something that kind of troubled me, and I really didn't like the feeling I got when I experienced this. So today, when this uh, was happening, I was watching HLN, then I switched to uh, CNN, CNN also covering breaking news, Ahmad, Ar- Ahmad Arbery case, verdict was in, they did the pre- press conference with, I-, I think it was Ben Crump, I'm not sure if it was Ben Crump, um, uh, Reverend uh, Al Sharpton was there, he shot, he gave a shout out to Reverend uh, Jesse Jackson, so you know all the usual suspects were there, uh, and then the parents spoke, and then the prosecuting team spoke, and it was a big ordeal, right? So then I flipped to MSNBC, same thing, breaking news, Ahmed Arbery cases in, and I was like, you know what, I'm going to flip to Newsmax, and I'm going to flip to Fox, and if they are fair and balanced, and if they are not playing this partisan game, like I uh, accuse CNN and MSNBC of doing quite often, CNN's the worst of all of them, in my humble opinion. I was like, I'm for sure going to flip to Fox, and I'm for sure going to flip to Newsmax, and they're going to be covering the exact same story, breaking news in real time, the verdict's in, right? And I discovered something that I don't like too much, and it discredits Fox News, and it discredits Newsmax. Not only was Fox News not covering the breaking news of the Ahmed Arbery case coming to a close, with all three defendants being found guilty of literally lynching an African-American man. Not only did they not cover it, I was appalled at the news story. Do you know what they were saying? 
They were talking about Senator Warren calls for a probe into turkey prices, and they were trying to talk about turkey, uh, the turkey prices, and blaming Biden. Fox News has become to Biden what CNN was to Trump. Every news story is they're just Biden fucked up here, Biden fucked up there, and for good reason. I'm not saying they're not they're wrong. <laughs> I'm not saying they're incorrect, but. Uh, you know, Sam Winchester just did a podcast you guys need to all go listen to, episode 97, where he talks about uh, f- the frequency of news stories to your audience and the impressions and the amount of impressions that it's made and the reach he, uh, he talks about for uh, how, you know, your reach is how many people you are uh, affecting the people that follow you and pay attention to your product, right? The frequency is how many times a day you are covering one story over other stories, right? And that's where the indoctrination happens is what Sam's argument is. And then the impressions is basically means, you know, the idea is being, is making an impression in your mind. They're suggesting ideas, remember, suggesting they're going to suggest ideas to you, Edward Bernays, propaganda, and then you, the viewer, uh, are going to probably have some type of emotional response, which is by design. And then now they've made their impression. Now you're going to probably think about this uh, issue in this frame, in this framework. And it's that's what I mean when I say it's by design. It's on purpose. They're doing this for a very specific reason. And... Then this guy comes on Fox News and he's he's literally, they're talking about Thanksgiving and the holiday and turkeys and you know I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that but at a time where they could have been doing the journalistic thing the objective reporting that we expect of our news media not only were they not uh what's the word I'm looking for enabling the critics of their news network but it, there, it was almost spiteful, the story that they were covering at the same time. So then I flipped to Newsmax, right? Pfft, even worse. They're talking about Christmas. Growing anxiety about tree availability. Oh, my God. You know, and maybe you can make the argument that, well, maybe the, Ar- the Arbery case wasn't that important on those news networks because this kind of thing happens in the United States all the time and justice is served quite often and you know it's a left-wing uh, conspiracy to try to get you to believe that uh, people aren't you know justice our justice system is failing and uh, justice isn't being served for all these cases and blah 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 etc cetera, etc cetera, right I, I just I just found it <laughs> interesting and comical that at a time where all of your alleged lefty news networks were covering the the breaking news. I mean, breaking news is what... Isn't that like the money shot, pretty much? Is to be the first on the scene to make the big... To break the big uh, scoop, right? So at a time where they could have been breaking this scoop, just like MSNBC, and just like CNN, and just like HLN, Fox and Newsmax, were talking about, oh God, I might not be able to get a turkey for Thanksgiving. Oh God, I might not be able to get a tree for Christmas. Oh, God, the Biden's just so terrible. I don't know. I just found it to be kind of gross. And I rip on CNN and I, ripped on the, I rip on the progressive left so much that I felt obligated to rip on Fox and Newsmax for their embarrassing 
news stories that were going on simultaneously as other news networks were covering the outcome of the Ahmad Arbery case. So it goes both ways. It goes both ways. There is a definite target demographic audience that all of these news networks are targeting. And I've told you before that they're not trying to give you objective uh, reporting and give you the facts and just just the facts, right? Just, just give us the facts and we'll base our own conclusions on those facts, right? Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. You ain't getting that anymore, my fellow Americans. Those days are long, long gone. If you're a, a Trump-supporting, God-fearing right-winger, you're probably a Fox News or a Newsmax guy. Newsmax, I think, uh, is a little more for uh, the libertarian community and the uh, maybe even the military Maybe a little bit, they're maybe a little bit farther right leaning than Fox News would be, or maybe that's vice versa. Maybe I have that flipped. I don't know. Uh, One America News Network, similar, same deal. Uh, right wing, typically conservative, typically Christian, right? These are target markets, these are demographic audiences that their coverage is specifically designed for, and it's designed to make you feel good. Remember when I told you that story about how some of these editors and some of these decision makers at these news networks are, they're saying, you know, it's not our job to give the news. Our viewers are here for a reason. They want us to basically coddle their ideological bullshit. You think that's doing us a favor? You think that's helping the fabric of our society not unravel like I was talking about last episode? It's just fucking gross to me that we Americans continue to plant our fat asses on our couch, flip into our news channel of choice, and allow ourselves to be lied to, manipulated, indoctrinated, propagandized, easily led, sheep easily led to the slaughter completely oblivious and gullible and naive to the facts and the realities of how these organizations operate on a daily fucking basis. When are we going to wake up? When are we going to wake up from our slumber and realize what these organizations are doing to the minds of of the American people. What more do I need to provide? I know I get redundant. I got catchphrases. I repeat over and over and over again. And the reason why I do that on the show, people, one is because I want you to associate those phrases with the character I'm doing, Andrew for America. And I also want to illustrate the repetition, the frequency the more you hear me say yada, 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 etc., 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 the more you hear me say uh, what, you know, what you're doing, what they're doing is you're being manipulated, propagandized, etc., etc., right? All the little quips and phrases that I say on the show, I, I have constructed them in such a way as to illustrate my point, as to provide an example of what I'm talking about. Because now... That's going to go into my branding and marketing, right? Pretty soon you're going to go on the Politics and Punk Rock Podcast uh, website, politicsandpunkrockpodcast.com, 
buy a t-shirt and you're going to see a shirt that says yada, 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 et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> you're going to see for you, for me, for all of us. You're going to see all of my, all of my little quips and phrases that you associate with Andrew for America. I'm creating frequency and you, the audience, you are my reach and I am making impressions every time I run one of my little catchphrases by you. And that's what the media does, people, every single day. That's what the speechwriters for your politicians, they carefully craft the rhetoric, the bullshit nonsense that they run by you to make you feel good. Oh, God, he sounds or she sounds just like a president's supposed to sound. Oh, he's so eloquent. And I really feel like he cares. And he's going to do what's right. And pfft, four years go by. We're in a, a shittier position than we were the previous year. Progressively, uh, our freedoms are being usurped. We're going around the world, nation building, taking your tax money and blowing up countries all around the world and selling it to you through their media, getting you to give your consent, either directly or indirectly, manufacturing your consent without you even knowing it through CIA, psychological, brainwashing techniques. And that's how it goes, people. That's what's happening here in the United States of America. That's why people from around this world have the same opinion of Americans. You gullible, naive, ignorant, boisterous, loud, obnoxious, egomaniac, narcissist, demagogue, warlord, psychopaths who nobody can trust because of our track record. How does that make you feel? Does it make you feel proud of yourself? Does it make you feel proud to be an American? Where at least you know you're free? <laughs> and you whatever to the men who died and gave that right to me? That's propaganda. The Pledge of Allegiance. That's propaganda. Get it through your heads, people. You might not like that I'm telling you these things. But, you, man, we gotta learn. We got to get smart. You know what? I'm going to make a get smart t-shirt too. <laughs> I'm going to make stickers with all my fun catchphrases and I want you guys to go there and buy them. I'd appreciate your purchases of goods and services and your donations. If you like the show, you want to keep me going. That's how you keep me going right there. Throw me a couple bucks, buy some shirts, spread the word. Uh, okay. Let's, uh, let's move on. All right, people, you know what time it is. It's time to play some punk rock. And today... I'm going to play a couple songs from my friend Fonz's band back in San Diego, back in the day, the Blink-182 Unwritten Law era. 
He had a band called Good For Nothing. And they have a couple uh, records out. This one is called 26. So here we go. Without further ado, here's my buddy Fonz. His band, his old band, Good For Nothing. From San Diego, California, with their song, Millennium. George, you know, I was wondering, like, like if you were traveling through outer space, I mean, like you're going real fast, like the speed of light, you know, and all of a sudden you start screaming, ah, ah, you think that your brain would blow up? Right, people, that was good for nothing. San Diego punk rock, circa early 2000s. Uh, my buddy Eric, also known as Fonz, uh, I think played guitar in that band, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, I think it's pretty badass. I dig it. Reminds me of my old band and uh, all the 
whole shitload of bands that used to play shows together back in the day. Ah, oh, fond memories. Fond memories. Uh, okay, one more song. I'm going to play one more song by uh, Good For Nothing. This song is awesome. It is called Overpriced.
baby, I love it. Punk rock from my era, I can't get enough. That was good for nothing. San Diego punk rockers with their song, Overpriced. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been episode 70 of the Politics and Punk Rock podcast entitled Justice. And you know what? Let's all uh, give thanks and show a little gratitude. And, uh, you know, give a little, you know, shout out. And have a little more faith in uh, our justice system. Got to give a shout out to the justice system. Doing their jobs. Doesn't happen all the time. But, you know, sometimes they got to give us one or two, you would think. So as to prevent the violent revolution. <laughs> oh, boy. All right, you guys. Send me an email, andrew4america1984 at gmail.com. Go to the website, politicsandpunkrockpodcast.com. Donate to the show or buy a t-shirt. Look up andrew for america on Twitter, Instagram, uh... Ah, oh, what the fuck is it? Rumble and Gab. Coming soon to MeWe, Getter, and Parlor. Man, so much social media these days. Why do I, I feel like I got to set up like 10 different accounts. I haven't even got into TikTok yet. TikTok's taken over the world, seems like. Small sound bites for, you know, puny attention spans. Puny little American minds. <laughs> oh, oh boy. People, we might be fucked. <laughs> oh man, I'm going to keep the faith for you. I'm going to keep the faith for me. I'm going to keep the faith for all of us. Let's take care of our mental health out there. Times are getting tough. It's getting tense, I know. But you got to start diving in. Start diving into this stuff. Start exercising your body. Start educating your mind. Start seeking truth. And continue to search for your courage and your perseverance and your ability to develop your awareness. Because as time marches on, my fellow Americans... We're going to need it. Thank you for listening. I love you guys. We'll see you next time. This has been episode 70 of the Politics and Punk Rock Podcast. Entitled, Justice. We'll see you next time.